Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Hi, I'm Margo. I'm a sexaholic. Hi. And my sobriety date is March 14th, um, 1986, but I don't have that much recovery. And, um, and I'm very grateful to be here. My disease manifests itself in compulsive masturbation, lusting after men, women, and children, wanting to be lusted after, self-centered fear, which I'm feeling right now, um, giving away my power to others, adultery, some pornography, and um, just living my whole life with the attitude of please connect with me and make me whole. And I'm really grateful to be here and to be sober today. Um, I think I, I want to talk about where I'm at today with the promises on page 83 and 84. To me, as Mike was saying too, recovery is something that happens to me. It's kind of like if I'm in my kitchen and I'm scrubbing the floor really, really hard and I suddenly look up and the ceiling is all clean. Um, or if I'm in my garden and I'm pulling dead leaves off and weeding and I suddenly look up and there are blossoms everywhere. It's something that happens to me. I don't like set out to try to get more peace or more serenity. And um, I think my disease happened to me in a certain way. Um, like my character defects happened to me. I don't want to be resentful as Dave said. I don't want to be fearful. But I am, and it's up to me to use the tools of the program and meetings and my sponsor so that these things don't rule my life and to ask my higher power to take them away from me. I have to name them and claim them and ask God to help me with them. Um, and I just want to turn something over. In, give, in giving this talk right now, I desperately want to be funny, but with the right blend of seriousness. I desperately want to be humble but with the right blend of confidence. And so I just want to send that kind of perfectionism away. And it, it will probably not go away, but that's okay, too. <laughs> so if I had been talking to you two years ago, I would have had a very much different thing to say. I would have told you that I felt happy, joyous, and free, and that I felt lots of serenity. And in fact, when I first came into program, my first program 12 years ago, people used to tell me how they thought I was so serene. And I think a lot of that is just my personality and, and how I appear on the outside and denial. <laughs> and I and just I want to be just tell you where I'm at today. Um, some things have happened in the last year that really shook me up. A year ago, my best friend and my sponsor and confidant in this program to whom I could say anything and who made me feel really safe in the world died unexpectedly, and I still haven't recovered from that. I still go through my phone book and say, 
I can't talk to her. She's too supportive. I can't talk to her. She's too judgmental. You know, I just, I haven't found that feeling of safety that I had. I also dated someone last year for most of the year, and it was a difficult relationship. A lot of my codependency came up. My lust was in there, too. And and I think these two things kind of shook me up. And so I feel today, when I look into my spirit, there seems to be a cloud there. I don't have the feeling of real serenity that I have had at other times in the past. What I think is happening is I think God is tampering with my ego. And um, I think that um, I somehow something's being stripped away. Um, and when I read over the list of promises, it's a, it depends on what part of my life I compare to them, to this, to this list. Compared to when I came in here, they have all been fulfilled in my life. I came in here looking under every rock for guidance on how to live. I came in here, I was an empty shell. I didn't know what I thought about anything. I didn't know what I felt. I couldn't connect with people. I would sit in groups of my friends um, on a social occasion and just feel as though I was trapped inside an igloo, looking out from a long distance and trying to figure out how did they know what to say to each other. That was... I felt a tremendous isolation and alienation. And I believe that was the result of my acting out, not the cause. And that I tried to, I avoided real contact, real intimacy, real connection with people by doing this fake kind of thing of acting out that looks like it's intimacy and connection. Um, Actually, in the act of acting out with other people, I would, that's when I would feel the most disconnected. I would like split and go off somewhere in my head as if I were on another planet. And when that happens over and over and over again, um, as you were saying, Mike, the sense of self is pretty much destroyed. Oh, I'm getting so serious here. But anyway, um, I, do believe in the steps. I believe that these promises do come after the ninth step. And I have done the steps in this program with a sponsor. I'm about to join, I have joined a group to do, a big book step study group, to do a fourth and fifth step even more rigorously than I have in the past. Um, I still feel confused sometimes about what's my part in something partly because I have the Anon part of the disease and the addict part of the disease. Um, and so, as other people have said, I believe these promises are a process, and I look forward to having more peace and more serenity. Um, I really, really believe in this program, in the fact that these steps work, and... Um, so I just want to say some things about the specific promises. I have been painstaking to the best of my ability. I think that there's a lot more I can do, but I have been really, really willing to do this program. I don't want to act out again. And I have been amazed um, at 
becoming a self. The more that I turn myself over to God, the more of a self I become. And it's, I forget this because, because I've been sober for a while, but just that feeling of being able to talk to people and show up places and have superficial conversations, that is such a gift to me. Um, <laughs> I don't have to show up and talk to you about my problems and, and all that. I can just talk about the weather. Um, I can talk about O.J. Simpson. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's very exciting to just be a person among persons. Um, I have a new freedom and a new happiness in my life compared to when I came in here. As Mike said, I feel sad when I think about my past. I feel sad that I wasn't there and that I wasn't present to it. I feel sad for all the miscommunications that happened. But I don't feel rejecting of it. I don't wish it hadn't happened because it got me here where I am today. One of the things that's happened even more strongly this year because of these two events is that I've had to ask my higher power for more help and more closeness. And I've had really, really painful times when I just felt as though my soul was being ripped out and I just was saying, God, I just want you, please, connect with me and make me whole. And I didn't get an answer right away in my time, but I I have gotten an answer that is you know, my relationship with God is just so much different today than it was and so much closer. That doesn't mean that I don't still need to work my program. I really see it as a triangle. If it's just me and God, I can go off into the outer stratosphere <laughs> um, and I could easily lose my sobriety. If it's just me and people, then it just ends up being trading advice giving, I think. Um, but it's it's a very strong triangle that I think, it, and that's what the program's about and for me, and that's how it works. But I can say that my relationship to my higher power has gotten much, much closer through these, you know, deprivations. And in the same way, um, I couldn't have gotten to this place with you people and with God if I hadn't been a sexaholic, I don't think. Of course, I can't tell because I never was normal. But I think that every bit of acting out I did got me here. And every bit of misconnection um, that twisted my personality and that, you know, somewhere in there I knew that it wasn't working. And I came in here with such a strong physical, emotional, and spiritual ache. And I I was, my story is, uh, what, what does it say? We thought the only way to fix it was to do it, something like that. And I just kept doing it more and more and more, thinking the next one would save us. We were slowly losing our lives. Um, that's my story. And through that terrible um, misconnection, I found a connection. I found God. I found you people. I found this program and a way to live a day at a time. It's kind of like I, the saying I heard once, the way to cure the common cold is to get pneumonia, because there's a cure for pneumonia. And <laughs> um, I, I talked to friends of mine who were not in program, who don't have a serious sexaholic problem, and they're so miserable sometimes, and I don't know what to say to them. Um, and <laughs> I can't go out and say, well, become a sexaholic and you'll find the answer. 
but we're just so lucky um, that we have an answer that works. I do comprehend the word serenity today. I don't always feel it, but I do comprehend it, and there are times when I do know it. And um, I often, it happens in meetings, I feel that there's such a bond in this program. I feel it in Boston. I feel it in these conferences. This is a special fellowship, I think. There's some kind of a deeper bond that I feel very carried by. Um, I'm waiting for that peace, too. But I have a lot more peace than when I came in here, because I know I know what it is. On the days when I don't feel when I feel that hole inside of me, when I don't feel so connected to God, I have a peace behind that because I'm not looking in the wrong place. Maybe I'm feeling some pain, but I'm not looking in the wrong place to try to take it away. And that's a real gift. My experience does benefit others, and their experience benefits me. I feel the safest in a meeting when somebody tells the worst details of their story. I just, it's just a physical thing that comes over me. I just breathe a sigh of relief and I go, yes, this is where I belong. It's the honesty. There's such an incredible honesty in these rooms. The feeling of uselessness has definitely gone away from me. It is such a wonderful feeling to talk to another sexaholic. And... Um, I majored in religion in college, and I understood from books a lot about paradoxes, but I never lived them till I came into this program. And the paradox of giving, someone calling you for help, and the, the way that the most unselfish things we do in this program are the most selfish. I don't understand it. The words don't even describe it, but it's such an incredible experience to feel that bond, and I know you've all felt it. Um, I wanted to say something about fear of people. I noticed when I got on the plane to come here that I was really scared. I feel because of these events and because everything's in transition, I don't have as many answers as I used to have. And I was quite afraid to come here social, you know, just for social reasons. And I got on the plane and I felt so vulnerable and I kept staring at everybody's face and I think I was kind of looking at someone who was going to hate me or something, looking for someone. And they all looked just like regular people. <laughs> and But I felt very vulnerable and I think I think what that is is, first of all, because I know myself better from being in this program, I know I can see things in other people and I feel more connected as a human being. And I think also that I've been in a lot of denial for a long time about how scared I am. And the way that I've dealt with my fear of people is by acting out or by having the right answer or by saying something program-oriented and for me, I think the fact that I'm feeling more pe- fear of people in the last couple of months is recovery, because it is stripping away my denial. The fear was under there all the time. And so it's just a process. I'm not worried about it. I know it will change. 
if I keep working the steps. When I was dating this person last year, I believe that my group and God kept me sober, that God did something for me that I couldn't have done for myself. And there was a certain point in our relationship when my friend couldn't take um, any kind of physical contact anymore and just set a limit on it. And I'm not sure I could have done that myself. And I feel that that was such a gift um, to my sobriety. I was working really hard to stay sober and I wanted to be sober so much. But I'm a sexaholic. And I feel that God um, worked in that relationship to set this limit coming from the other person. And also just all the help and support, the love that I had from my friends um, in the group. I would often um, sit there and go, I'm doing this for Susan. I'm doing this for Roy. A different Roy, but I was doing it for you too, Roy. <laughs> um, I'm doing this for Ed. I'm doing this for Tim. And, um, you know, it talks in the big book about those blank spots when we can't remember why we're doing something. And I just feel like I can see in that whole relationship that God gave me, God blew the top off my life or the insides or something like that, but enabled me to do it in a sober way in a way that now I can see it as a learning experience, not as something that totally destroyed my life. And just in little ways, too, God is constantly doing for me what I can't do for myself. I should stop, but I don't think these are extravagant promises. I think I have an extreme disease and I need an extreme answer, and that God is providing a big answer for all of us a day at a time. Thank you. great sponsors. You know the chain of command of sponsorship? I have two great sponsors, and I get to introduce one of the sponsors. He's the smartest man in the world. He must be, because God talks through him. David M. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.